In this episode, we are going to dive into the reality of when all of your best friends, maybe your sisters, your closest friends, cousins, family members are all getting pregnant or they're in a pregnancy season or they're in a postpartum season and their whole focus is motherhood where you are still in a waiting season and either you are planning these events, whether it's baby showers or different parties and attending them, and you're just feeling so broken and hurt because your season has not yet come or you want to be in that season with them and you feel isolated, you feel separated naturally because when you do become a new mom or a first-time mom, a lot of times you're very consumed by it. It's really new. There's a lot of changes. And so I can kind of speak to both sides of that. In today's episode, we're going to dive into that, kind of look at it a lens, maybe a little bit different, take some scripture to it. And I'm going to share how I felt before when I was the one not struggling to conceive, when I was struggling to conceive, and then where I'm at now on the back end, if there was anything that I would change looking back as someone who now became a mom. So let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. So I want to start out by saying that when it comes to everyone around you in your immediate circle getting pregnant and navigating the exciting baby showers and whatnot, and you're planning these events or you're being asked to because that's kind of your role in that person's life, like they would do it for you, you would do it for them. But you're in a season of frustration and hurt and they're in a season of harvest and winning. And there are different seasons in our spiritual and daily lives, right? Like God's word does talk about that. There's, you know, a time of mourning and a time of dancing. And there's a time where we are working in the field and planting the seeds and and sowing that in a time where we're not prospering. And then there is a time of harvest where there is the prosper. So when you are in close, close community and there's that friction because one of you is in a harvest winning season that feels like a winning season because it's what you want, right? And one of you is in what feels like a losing season because you're not getting what you are praying for and you're just in totally different places mentally and spiritually and emotionally and even just lifestyle-wise, right? As one prepares for a baby and one is trying to navigate, trying to conceive. I want to just make a very clear point here and just validate that When I was the one who was struggling to conceive, no one, not one single person, not my husband, not my best friends, not my mom, no one could fix with their knowledge, their logic, 
or even God's word, how I was feeling. My feelings were so real and strong and overwhelming at the time. I couldn't, like, there was multiple conversations I feel like my husband and I would have about different people and different experiences and just my feelings in general around our journey versus other people's journey. And that's just so easy to compare that he, there was multiple times where he would remind me of the truth, but I just honestly couldn't receive it because I was emotional on a level that like nobody could understand but me. I was the one walking through it with my body. And so I do think it's important. That's kind of my first point to just acknowledge that what you're feeling, whether you're planning your best friend's baby shower and you just wish that you had been bump buddies or everyone around you are having pregnancy announcements at this point and you're just so frustrated, like wondering when it's going to be your turn and you've waited longer than anybody, right? And I think sometimes like we get in that culture, right? Of like, well, if I wait in line for something and it's my, it should be my turn if I wait the longest, right? And I just want to validate those feelings because if you're feeling frustrated that you can't just flip a switch and change how you're feeling because you do want to feel different, you want to be there for all these people that you love, but you're just really in the muck and the heartbreak of your own trying to conceive journey. I want you to know that that's normal and that's okay. And that's accepted here because it's also accepted in Jesus's feet. That feeling of just like, I don't know how to love somebody when I'm really struggling to love my own self and my own journey and what God has for me. Maybe you're even just struggling to love God, right? And like his plans for you. It makes it very difficult to love other people and extend that joy and just relationship and intimacy with other people when we aren't experiencing it ourselves with our own father and creator of love, right? So I just want to acknowledge that because I think sometimes we overlook that. And I needed to be told that it is okay if right now in this particular day, no one can fix how I'm feeling. And I feel like once I acknowledged that nobody was going to come in and save me or no one was going to be able to come in and fix it, like even my husband, he had such a gift of faith. He was always believing, you know, that we were going to get conceived and get pregnant and all these things. And I really struggled to believe that. And so I would get frustrated with it. And I felt like, why can't you just like, why can't I borrow that faith? Like, why can't I just have what you have and experience what you have. And why can't I just have a conversation with you and like all of a sudden feel differently and feel like you do. But the reality is, is that my feelings were, they were real. They were very strong. They were very overwhelming. And God was using my feelings as a gauge, not a guide. It's very important. As a gauge to show me where in my heart he wanted to dig into the roots that were not healthy for my soul. And he wanted to do some work, but it was almost like we had to acknowledge that nobody could fix those feelings. It was just work that I was going to have to do with him. And it was going to have to be maybe a long process. Like I, I think that process for me was several years where God was just continuing to work with me through those emotions to fix that feeling so that I could show up and love people in their season of winning when I felt like I was in a season of loss. So let's dive in to some truths that can kind of help us navigate when we are feeling that way and we want to overcome that 
and maybe you're in a season of growth and you're just like, okay, I want to grow through this. Like I finally got to a place myself where I was like, I acknowledge that nobody can fix this for me. I also acknowledge that these feelings are not true and that I don't want to live here in these feelings because I don't feel good here and I'm not loving people well. And if God's word is clear on something, it is clear on to love God and love others. (laughs) So if I'm not loving others well because of my battle that I'm going through, I need to work with God. I need to get to work with God on my spirit and in my soul so that I can start doing that again, because that is what he's called every single one of us believers to, to truly love other people well. And so if I can't do that because I'm in a season of loss or waiting or hurt or frustration, I cannot avoid those feelings. Even though that feeling was true that nobody could fix how I felt, I still needed to go to God and be able to deal with the one person who could fix it, who could change me, transform me from the inside out. I needed to go deal with that. I couldn't avoid it. I can't just stick my head in the sand and be like, you know, these feelings are real and overwhelming and I'm just going to avoid all potential parties and I'm not going to go to any baby showers and I'm not going to have any friends. and I'm going to cut every single person out in my life who's in a winning season, who's having a baby. Like I'm going to unfollow every single person on social media. Like that is not a healthy coping mechanism either. That is allowing your emotions and your feelings to control, to be your guide. When God's word has says you are no longer a slave, you are have the spirit of self-control. That's a fruit of the spirit to have self-control. So yes, they are real. Yes, they are a gauge. Yes, only God can fix them. But we need to come to God. We need to be able to go to the root of these emotions that are stirring in us and deal with him on any lines of jealousy or bitterness or just anger or resentment that are causing that distance between us and our friends who are conceiving. Because God did not create a body of believers to only support each other when everybody is winning. Maybe right now, I'm in a season of loss because I'm struggling to conceive and a friend of mine just got pregnant. But maybe in a couple of years, I'm now having a baby and that person is going something through something very seriously traumatic with their child that they had years before me. We don't know what God has for each one of us, but the reality is we can see through scripture that every single one of us will go through battles. We will go through battles. We will have heartbreak and sorrow and suffering. Every single human being will experience it at some point. So to set up dividers, to set up isolation, to cut out people in your life because of the season that they're in compared to the season that you're in is not what God has called us to. It's not healthy and it's not going to set you up for success because you do need community, even if they don't fully understand because they haven't walked through it themselves. You need other believers in your life who are going to love you through that hard season because and walk through that sorrow with you and carry that sorrow with you. And they can do that even if they haven't experienced it themselves. So let's get to point two. I think one of the hardest parts about navigating this journey is not disengaging from the emotions that are at war within us, the battlefield of the mind, right? As we're trying to conceive. The reason that you're struggling to be around your friends, to be around 
other people expecting is because of the emotions that you feel towards your own journey. And God doesn't want you to be a slave to those emotions, the emotions of anger, frustration, like pretty much malice, can, like literally every negative emotion that you feel that you don't like, that is not of God. That is just a response to our grief and our sorrow, right? But he doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to camp out there. He doesn't want us to plant roots there. And he doesn't want our lives to be lived out in response to those emotions. He wants us to live in the freedom that he gave us through his son, Jesus Christ, who set us free. So in God's word, we see Ecclesiastes 3 says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And this is actually written by Solomon and He had gone through and realized that obviously like philosophy and wisdom and all the things were not the meaning of life and got to a place where he understood that perspective was everything. And as we contemplate God's sovereignty, which this is what it's saying, like God has sovereign appointments for our cycle of life, whether that is the waiting period before having kids or not having kids at all. It is how we choose to look at these things that makes the biggest difference. That's the point he's trying to make here. He's not just trying to say, eventually you'll have a time of joy. And like that may be true. God may have a time of joy for you. He has for us like our journey. We've been able to become parents and I'm so grateful for that. But even if he never had, that's not the point of the scripture. The point of the scripture here is to help us see that you can choose to look at the lens of your life through a self-centric perspective or a faith-based perspective. You cannot control how your life is going to go. That's kind of the clarity that we see there in Ecclesiastes 3, that there is a time. So there's appointments that are meant to happen throughout our life. The sovereignty of God is over our life if we are living with him. But the difference between it is enjoying or hating the life that God allows for us to choose to live is how we choose to see it and how we determine what this means in relation to our life that's going to either create fulfillment or frustration. Part of finding fulfillment in God's plan, part of finding joy in it and understanding the appointments and the sovereignty, finding peace with God's sovereignty over your life. I think that's maybe where a lot of the battle comes from. It's like fighting God on what his will is versus your will, right? Like that self-centric versus the faith-based perspective of life. The reality is, is that everything happens for a purpose. God doesn't waste one thing. He is currently allowing what is happening in your life for a purpose. And you may not understand that purpose until you get to heaven, or you may never have an answer this side of eternity, right? Or you may get an answer. Like for me, I feel like I look back on that and I'm like, gosh, God transformed my whole perspective of theology, quite honestly. I feel like I, 
I came to faith in some ways to who Jesus is, who God is in his character, and how I can rebuild my understanding of his character according to God's word because I went through infertility. And he uses, obviously now, like I have this platform, I have this podcast, there's so much that God has used to change people. And I remember even saying when we were struggling to conceive, I told Josh, like, if God has asked me to walk through this valley simply so that one person can come to know him because I am faithful to still praise him and love him through the hardest thing I've ever had to endure, then it's worth it. And I was 100% honest in saying that. I wasn't just saying that to say that. It wasn't just the right church answer. Like I genuinely felt that. And so I look back and I'm like, that is the whole point of some of these deep heartaches and deep sorrows and how sometimes our journey looks different than a friend's journey because what God has for us and how we're going to share our testimony and live out our testimony and the impact the ripple effect of us working out our faith until the day that we see Jesus face to face, that working out of our salvation, right? The working out of our faith, that is purposeful. There are people that we are meant to impact that we know nothing about. There are, I'm sure, plenty of people that God has used my story in some way, whether on Instagram or here on the podcast, to radically transform their relationship with Jesus. And if they're sitting in heaven one day as a result of me having to go through the most painful thing I've gone through, that is going to be a yes for me. But that's a faith-based perspective towards our life cycle and what God has allowed to be appointed into our life versus a self-centric one that says, but I'm not comfortable and this isn't convenient and this doesn't make me happy and this makes me mad and this hurts. And I do believe that you can hurt There was not a day that goes by, you guys, for those six years that we were struggling to conceive that I didn't hurt and ache over God's will for our life. You can hurt and still be at peace. You can hurt and be broken and sad and just like that sorrow, just like it it can, that grief can live while also being at peace and having freedom that you're not controlled by it. You can still show up for other people because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you still know that God is good, that you trust him with your life, and that he will work this out according to his great plan. And at some point, it will either make sense or he will heal you or he, you will get to heaven and you'll have answers, right? But at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Like I feel like so much of my peace came back to okay, God, I don't understand why I'm in a season of weeping and someone else is in a season of dancing. When I look around, it's so easy to only see everyone else's season of dancing and only, and that's going to magnify my only season of weeping. But first of all, a lot of people don't share what they're weeping about. There's a lot of marriages that struggle behind the scenes. We have friends and you know, that's just been something on Josh and I's heart where we're just like, gosh, we want to see more marriages winning, you know, but you're not going to see that on people's social media. You're not going to see, you're going to see their winning season. You're not going to see their weeping. You're going to see their dancing. And that's what our culture and the enemy has done such a good job right now of hurting things because it's gotten to a place where we've become masters of only sharing the dancing. 
And I don't think everyone needs to share their weeping on social media, of course, but I do believe that we tend to judge and our perspective becomes through the lens of all of our exposure, our exposure through social media, our exposure through conversation, our exposure through a post, our exposure through a friend, through whatever it is. Like we have great exposure to everyone else's dancing and that's what people want to share because that's the most exciting thing. But And we fail to see the weeping. The reality of that is that we're not like the the destruction that happens when we are exposed to only people's dancing is that we we miss the reality that God is changing lives through the weeping as well. And that's why community is so powerful, like being in deep, deep community, because we were in a life group for like two and a half years while we lived on Maui before we became parents. And they walked with us through our trying to conceive journey. They were like in the trenches with us, in that weeping with us. And none of them were struggling with that at the time. But they were struggling with other things. It may not have been trying to conceive, but they struggled with X, Y, and Z. And, you know, at the end of the day, they had weeping of their own. It was just different. But we weren't going to know that from the outside looking in. We had to be up close and personal to have that experience and that intimacy to know that like just because someone has some kind of dancing going on in their life doesn't mean they also don't have weeping. Anyway, so that is that's point two there with Ecclesiastes is just really asking myself if I'm struggling with those around me, everyone else in a dancing season, I'm in a weeping season. What is my perspective on life? Am I too self-focused right now? And I know that's a really difficult question to ask yourself. And there was moments on my own journey where I just couldn't have that conversation with God yet. I had to keep praying like, Lord, open my heart to be able to receive the feedback on that because I don't want to go there. Like, I don't even want to talk about the fact that I'm being self-focused, self-centric on my perspective on life. Like, I just, sometimes it's just nicer to sit in the pain and the muck and the sorrow. But that's not what God has for us. That's not what he wants for us. And that's not where the change is going to happen. So when you're in this place, we get to point three here, where you're just like, why can't I just be happy for that friend? Why can't I just snap out of this and move on? Why does it have to trigger me so deeply? Why do I have to go through this? And you're asking these questions. And I think at the end of the day, we have to come back, taking our heart and our mind back to the truth that we are fully known and deeply loved. The only thing that's going to restore our heartache and our sorrow and our grief is going to be going back to the truth that God fully knows me and he deeply loves me. If I can't get myself there, I will not be able to love other people in their dancing season. And that's the goal. I don't want to miss my best friend's baby shower because I'm not conceiving yet. That's because, I mean, honestly, that will hurt the relationship, even if you feel like they should understand. And that's kind of the perspective that I can offer now, like looking back, I wish I would have been more willing and eager to show up for people in their winning seasons, even if it took like that hurt to do, because eventually I had a winning season. Eventually I had a dancing season where I was pregnant. Okay. Are those people going to be around when you didn't show up for them? You know what I mean? It's like eventually your turn could come. And do you want to miss that opportunity? Do you really want those relationships to suffer? 
because of something they can't control. They can't control the fact that they could conceive at the given time that that was God's perfect timing for them and that God's perfect timing for you is not there yet. They can't control that as much as you can't control that. And that punishment of like having to just not be present, like I do feel like some people are like preaching kind of the word of like, do what's best for you. Okay. But that's not really true love. That's not God's love. God's love is like, I'm willing to love you when it hurts me. That's God's love. That's Jesus. Jesus was willing to love us when it hurt us. So, you know, we kind of have to come back to that when we're looking at this and being like, I, when I show up for other people, when they're dancing and I'm weeping, it's because I can stand on the truth that I am fully known and deeply loved. So regardless of my circumstances, I can show up and fully, deeply love someone else. That's the reality. Psalm 139, one through four says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know, when I sit, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways before a word is even on my tongue. You know it completely. Imagine having someone know everything about us and still fully unconditionally embrace us. That is the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. So when you feel unloved, overlooked, undervalued, or unseen because of your trying to conceive journey in comparison to someone else's, you know that is not the truth because Psalm 139 tells you the opposite. It doesn't say, the Lord searched your friend Melissa and your friend Melissa is fully known. You are not. That's not what it says. It says, you have searched me. You know me. You know when I rise. You know when I lie down. You are familiar with all of my ways. And that feeling of like being unloved and unseen and overlooked and undervalued, that's what's going to keep us from celebrating somebody else. Because you feel like they're seen and they're known and they're loved. They got what you've been praying for. I get it. I was there. But that's not living in the truth. And there's no other easier way to say it. And there's no other easy way around it. Like at the end of the day, sometimes we just have to hear the hard truth with our emotions. And we have to put our emotions in check and say, you know what? I am loved. I am seen. I am valued. God has told us that he sees all these things that can create distance between us. Every time that we choose jealousy, every time that we choose bitterness, anytime that we sin, God looks at that and he says, your punishment has already been fully executed on the cross for that. So I see all of those things that are going to try to create distance. I see the way the enemy is trying to use your emotions to keep you in slavery instead of the freedom and peace that I offer you. But I know you. I love you. I see you. You're valued. You are mine. And I'm not going to sit here and let the enemy preach to you something different. We're going to do the work on the soil of your heart. We're going to figure out and change you from the inside out through this trying to conceive journey. And on the other side of this is going to be the fruit that brings joy and peace and freedom 
And ultimately, if we learn to love other people better simply because we have to walk through this really hard season when other people are dancing, isn't that worth it? Like our whole entire life, our whole perspective on life as Christians should be, I want to look like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to act like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. That's the whole point of being saved. That's the whole point of being his son and daughter. So why would we shy away from an opportunity to put on his clothes, to put on his perspective, to put on his spirit and say, I am weeping, but I can dance for someone else. I can show up for them because Jesus, you showed up for me on the cross. You know me completely. I am seen, I am loved. So even though this hurts and even though these emotions are valid and even though this is overwhelming and nobody can fix this, nobody can tell me a truth that's going to change how I feel because it just hurts. I can have grief that coexists right alongside joy for others. I can feel my deep sorrow on your plans for my life and still have the perspective that your plan is better than the plan that I ultimately wanted. And that's walking a life of surrender. You can do this, my friends. You can show up for other people in the hardest battle that you've ever been through. Because at the end of the day, one day, this will be a thing of the past. And the fruit and the relationships of how you showed up for other people is going to bring so much glory to the Lord. And that testimony is going to impact so many people. But at the end of the day, you're going to look more like Jesus. And that's the ultimate goal that we should have. The ultimate goal is not to become parents. It's not to become a mom. It's simply to say, Lord, I want to look like you. So bring the plans that are going to change me and transform me to your likeness. In Jesus' name. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength, or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community, and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me, and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.